Welcome to Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, where every week we watch and discuss episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm your host, Jen, joined by my co-hosts, Nicole, Steph, and Abby. Today, we'll be discussing Book 2, Chapter 8, The Chase, from the Avatar Wiki. Team Avatar is chased by a mysterious machine, which makes it impossible for the group to stop and sleep. The lack of sleep makes everyone irritable and causes a quarrel between Katara and Toph. Aang acts as a decoy to lure the followers away, but he is finally cornered by Azula in an abandoned town. Toph shares tea with Iroh, and the two learn about themselves through their conversation. Team Aang, plus Zuko, and his uncle arrive to take Azula down together, but she injures Iroh in a moment of distraction and escapes. This is one of those episodes that technically not a lot happens, but I'm amazed at how much they managed to jam into the episode mm-hmm. in terms of like the whole thing with, of course, the dangerous ladies chasing them and then Toph splitting off and like that whole side story happening and then the whole showdown in the abandoned Western town where I was just like, oh, I, I swear, like, I thought these were like two separate episodes of like with how much there was. So I'm always right. amazed at the pacing of this show and how like they're able to set up all these little things like they set up the fur at the beginning and then when Appa flies and he hits the trees like that's like such a little quick thing but then it pays off later with Azula and I'm, I'm just always amazed at, at this show how they mm-hmm. construct the story and like tell the plot and everything. Yeah I was like where is this episode going? Because like the first like what 10 minutes or 7 to 10 minutes is just like who's chasing them can you get to the point kind of thing but then it it pays off at the end like what you said and a lot of cool fight scenes that highlighted both Mm non-bending and bending too so i like that a lot oh my god see and i totally even forgot there was a whole separate fight scene with kylie and may yeah yeah oh my god i completely forgot two dynamic duos yeah for real versus each other yeah yes it is like amazing how much they managed to fit into such like a short time slot Mm -hmm. and like how it doesn't feel like sometimes when shows try to do a lot in like one episode it just feels rushed and Mm -hmm. like overpacked but I feel like I never get that vibe from this show yeah like I know a lot of Hollywood screenplays like there are certain quote formulas that people use like there's a popular one called save the cat and it's one of those things where it's literally like if you're writing a 90 page screenplay it's like by page 15 this thing should happen and Mm -hmm. on page 20 this should happen and and like it's gotten to the point where that's why like so many of the stories feel so repetitive And I feel like that, you know, there's that same thing for TV shows as well in a show like this too, but it never really feels like formulaic at all, I guess. Because, I mean, yeah, this show like really just like throws stuff. Like to Abby's point where it's like, yeah, like you could argue like the first half of the episode, the pacing is weirdly slow. And then at the end, it's like so much happens, but it also doesn't feel rushed at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the beginning was really setting up, just building up the tension with Toph and Katara and the gang in general, seeing their tempers starting to fray, etc. Yeah, Mm. that was so funny, her and and Toph. This was very much an episode about team dynamics as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Dude, Katara being like, you can't see the stars. I, I was like, that's fucked up. Like, why? That's really it's fucked It's like up. funny because I was watching and I was like, you know, I like, in like theory, I agree with Katara where like Toph should also be helping, but she doesn't understand that. I'm like, but Katara was so fucking petty about it and so that was rude. Really I was like, Katara, it's okay when Toph makes jokes about the fact that she's blind. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. I was just like, can she say that? After half a day of only fighting? Yeah, I was just like, but also right. clearly you you don't have a close enough friendship for this since you can't even agree on like basic chores as like people exactly. essentially like roommates or whatever. Right. Right. Like yeah. I did think if we want to be apologetic to problematic behavior. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of that we, this episode. <laughs> we, we, can, we can say that hypothetically, not that this is better, Katara might have like forgotten that Toph is blind and just been making a jab about her being all the way off on her own in a corner in her oh, rock in, like, tent. Her tent. Yeah. But I was like, that is a forgiving uh, interpretation. <laughs> Yeah. You're making a blind jab? I know. Like, I was like, Katara, you're not friends yet. Like, you <laughs> how Sokka also, as Katara was saying that, he just like pulled his blanket over his head. Like, he was like, oh my God, this is my sister's bullshit. Sokka yeah. was just like done this whole episode. And when they were like, oh, we were really mean, he's like, yeah, you you were. Yeah. You were really mean. And like, he tried to stop Toph from leaving. He and did. then she just like, Doop, which was really funny. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. This was like such a weird episode for like strange microaggressions, largely because of Katara. Because it was like at the beginning too. Like I loved that. You know, she was just like, oh, well, I'm glad there's another girl here to not put up with your oh my god. Humor. And then Toph was just like, look at my pits. And then like, <laughs> yeah. I like, what, my brain yeah. went in two directions where like, on the one hand, I was like, good for you, Toph, like embrace your grossness. On the other hand, I was also just like, you don't need a razor. You can have hairy armpits. That's completely fine. Like, you know, I was sitting there like, razors, like shaving your armpits. Like our grandmas are older than the concept of women shaving their underarms. So like, I really wrote down the implication that women have to shave their underarms in this universe makes me really sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like how whatever year, you know, if you were going to like make it analogous to like our history, I'm like, people didn't do that shit for like a really long time. I'm like, yeah. let them be hairy. But I was also just laughing. I'm like, Katara really thought like she was going to have an ally in this against like gross boy humor. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, further proves how much they were not friends yet. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then there was something as, oh, Sokka's his, like, ponytail. And she was like, oh, I no. thought I told the other boys you were fun and perky. And I was like, Katara! I'm also like, I literally I, like, wrote that down with just, like, a whole bunch of question marks in my notes. I was like, this line feels vaguely homophobic. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is she trying to say? Yeah, that he's like a girl because he has a, a ponytail. I, I don't think I didn't think that that's that wasn't the vibe that I got. Well, the from fun it. and perky thing. I feel like that's like oh, when like a girl has like, a bouncy ponytail. Like when I think of like a '90s style with like a big scrunchie and it's like really high set on your head. I guess, and, like, but like I don't in know. this universe, like everybody has their hair like at least half pulled back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, I didn't mm. think of it as being like a gender it's true. thing. So what's up with that line then if everybody wears their hair like that? Well, yeah. that's why I was yeah. like, I don't understand what she's trying to say. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't get what she's trying to say. I feel like this was one of those episodes more than normal where I was like, oh, yes, this was written, boarded and directed by all men. And it's not to say that women are magically free from the gendered constructs or anything. But I was like, oh, like, wow, like no one questioned these enough. That like, I mean, obviously, also, you know, we didn't probably question them as much then as we are now but still right yeah and it's just like i was also not loving the fact that why is it katara who is the one delegating all of the work this is arguably like their house and i don't think that that's fair that she has to be doing the one all the thinking Mm -hmm. about it and it's just like another case of you know the female figure being the matronly Mm -hmm. figure and like the whole idea of the mental load and she's tired and it's just like i can see how this is evident of like a mom freak Mm -hmm. out We've all had a mom freak out when she's just like something tips her off the edge and it's just like, I'm sorry, mom. Like, I guess I'll do the dishes now. I don't know what happened, but you're freaking out about me about the yeah. dishes. I don't know what I did, but I, I feel like that was really equivalent yeah. to that. And it's just like, yeah. why can't like Aang or Sokka try to pick up the slack and talk to Toph yeah. too? Like, why is it on Katara? Yeah, even like the Aang trying to calm down Katara instead of trying to talk to Toph and then Katara snapped at Aang. It was just like, I'm completely calm where it was just like, yeah, you know, you get the vibe that the three of them have like their routine down and they don't really need to talk about it much but like Mm -hmm. obviously guitar was not getting anywhere with Toph so I'm like yeah I feel like the second attempt should have been like hey and can you like talk to her but then maybe she'd feel like she's getting ganged up on and like I get why Toph doesn't want to help them or why she thinks she doesn't need to Uh but I Katara also didn't explain it very well like she just was like we all pitch in and carry our own weight or whatever and Toph is like I am carrying my own weight Mm-hmm. shut up but I do think it shouldn't have entirely been on Katara to make that happen and like mm-hmm. you know Aang was just trying mm-hmm. to like calm everybody down but that also isn't helpful when like right they're both just like not really listening to each other after a certain point and Katara really did just keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up and like becoming meaner and meaner about it like even when mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary like yeah. the, that last yeah. time where she's like, oh, maybe we would have gotten sleep if Toph hadn't been mm-hmm. such a jerk earlier uh, this evening. And I'm like, yeah. Katara, why? And then Aang flipped out on her. And I was like, oh, I guess it's like, does a good job of showing how sleep deprivation really makes you like cranky. Yeah. Yeah. You're not true. thinking straight. Yeah. When you have not slept, but. 
I was just like, Katara is being such a bitch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Aang, really like, I, first of all, I appreciated that Aang was, like, doing his usual Aang thing, trying to be a peacemaker, like, right up until she insulted Appa, and then it was like, claws are out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How dare you insult Appa in front of me? If you come for the cub, mama bear's gonna pout. <laughs> I mean, Aang trying to talk to Katara and not Toph. There might be some element of, you know, Aang and Katara and Sokka are all pretty comfortable with each other Mm -hmm. at this point. And Toph is very new. And not only is she new to the group, she has joined the group in the capacity of an earthbending master to teach Aang. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was a little bit of a um, separation of mentalities between the different people as to what that means for her role. Mm -hmm. Because Katara, obviously was like, well, if you're a member of our team, then you have to do the teamwork and be cooperative because that's what teams do. And I did actually kind of like, by the way, I I found like a little paper on like the concepts of traditional Inuit leadership because of Southern nice. Water Tribe values Yeah, to look and see if there was anything behind that like culturally. And it did say like, I mean, besides confirming all the gender role bullshit uh, from the show is very Inuit, um, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that Inuit values involve sharing food, sharing possessions, caring for family, cooperating with each other, appreciating time spent with family, friends, and relatives. That's everybody, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> You know, so she's very on that train. Mm-hmm. But, like, I understand Toph being, like, it's like she is the greatest earthbender in the world to her own. She believes that she is. Not a lot of the world knows that at this point, although they uh-huh. will. It's like if some influential person begged you to be their live-in tutor because you're the best in the world. And then when you get there, they're like, oh, by the way, since you're living here, that means you're part of our household now. So you have to do the chores. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, hold up. I will keep my own room clean. I will buy all my own food. So you don't have to provide for me. But I don't have to clean up your messes. I'm yeah. here to teach you. Like, you're you're supposed to be respecting me right now. Mm. Yeah. And also, I mean, obviously, what gets brought up later in the episode, just her issues with people thinking they need to coddle her also. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's lived a very isolated life. So I think just, like, the concept of people working together in a group in that sense, like, doesn't, it's not something she's ever dealt with before, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, there just was not very good communication. But also, they're, like, children. So are you surprised? <laughs> I guess, like a group project. I guess when I think about it, I'm like, Katara's, <laughs> like, 14 project. years old. So now that I think about that, I'm like, the mean shit she said doesn't surprise me because, like, 14-year-old girls are, like, evil. As someone who was previously a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> Stephanie was the mean girl, confirmed. Oh, literally? Yeah, I was like, Stephanie, what? Literally, I got bullied. So, like, no. Yeah, I was just like, I thought, like, most of us were probably the bullied and not the bullied. You yeah, know, I was not a bully. I am and always have been, like, a very weak person. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> As I in, you couldn't even get that out without laughing. I know. I was like, oh, God, how do I say this without, like, cracking up? I am a bully not a bullier. Mm. I did I did like the idea, random, like, humorously, that in the future, forever, for the rest of their lives, every time Toph and Katara see each other, they're just, like, ready to throw hands. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is funny, but I'm like, I'm sorry, Katara. I'm like, Toph would kick your butt. <laughs> She would. I worry about their dynamic after that, mm. but I guess it was resolved at the end, right? Mm. Like, I would sort say of. they have continued tension, I would say, okay. which eventually gets resolved. Okay. Well, I mean, just like the resolution at the end of the episode, I could tell that it was sort of supposed to be fight resolution, but it didn't make sense to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, Toph showed up at the fight with Azula, and she was like, thought you guys could use some help. And that was clearly supposed to be a callback to the fact that Katara kept wanting her to help around camp. Mm-hmm. And now Toph is, like, yeah. here to actually help. But I'm like, these are different scenarios. Helping yeah, her in a fight <laughs> is not the same yeah. as helping to unload Sokka's smelly sleeping bag. Like, <laughs> of course she's going to help in a fight. Yeah. The, like, jokey part of me was just, like, how much stuff could you guys possibly have to unload? You literally lose your campsite, like, every two episodes. Yo, this episode, they were like, Appa will be fine. We'll just leave the saddle and all our belongings here. And then I was like, are you planning to come back for this? Because you are also planning on the dangerous ladies stopping at this campsite. Like, (laughs) 
when they stopped there, I was surprised they didn't just pick up all the gang's belongings and consider them like, should we keep this? Should we toss it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And does it really take that long to unload all the shit, Katara? Like, is is Toph helping really? I, I felt that way too. I, I don't know. <laughs> they don't ever really set up like tents anymore. Like we only really yeah. ever see them at the, at the very beginning. The stuff she listed off, I could see how it would take a while. Where she said, yeah. she said like, get stuff like setting up the tents, building the fire pit, gathering mm. the food, mm. boiling the water. You know, I was like, okay, but like, <laughs> yeah, like I guess it's not only you know it's not only the unloading; it's everything else that goes into like having to make dinner and like not die in the wilderness. I guess you know, yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, I, it is the principle of it. She wasn't offering to help. She being mm-hmm. tough. So it's kind of just like the gesture of it. And even if you don't have anything to give, that means a lot more than just sitting around and waiting to be told, yeah. which I guess is the more frustrating part. It really is like a group project and that never goes away even when you are a professional in the working world. So it's just like, maybe this is just triggering for all of us <laughs> at any given point. Yeah, for real. It's true. I'm talking about Toph point of view being like, I didn't sign up for this. This wasn't in my contract, but but yeah, as exactly. a person in the real world, I'm more like Katara. I'm like, uh, yeah. excuse me. Right, exactly. Why am I doing everything? <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's like, I was like, Katara, I'm on your side, but you're making it really hard for me to be on your side. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like Sokka was the most rational one and he didn't even like do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. He was just throwing shade. He's like, I just fucking need sleep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing's working. He's like, the plan is to sleep, and then everyone starts fighting really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> that got me so mad. Like when again, when Katara, that final time that it was like they could finally actually sleep, and then she had to go and open her goddamn mouth. Like, I just was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the scene with Iroh and Toph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. So that kind of like cut into all the that that was a nice breath of fresh air to see some sort of like amicable communicating with each other <laughs> after all of that. I was just like I was waiting for Toph to be snarky, right? And I was waiting for Iroh to be inappropriate because it's like a young woman, but they were both really yeah feeling no. she's twelve. But I know, but Iroh is Iroh. Like the, I, I feel like that doesn't excuse any it's old true. man yeah. being creepy. The only time he's inappropriate to a younger woman is with June. Yeah. So like, don't don't worry about seeing any more inappropriateness from him because yeah. you're not you you won't. Like I wasn't really expecting Iroh to do that, but I'm just like I, I with Iroh you don't know. right you don't know and what he's that's just do. like the nature yeah. of an old man. Unfortunately, like I'm still in a place where I I don't know what's gonna come out of. Well, that is now. that's that says something about like just media culture in general that yeah. we automatically yeah. assume that men are just going to be Gross. disgusting even if it's towards a child even if it's on children's television yeah yeah that's yeah. true especially because like just tying back to what jen was saying earlier this was written by men and like you just never know because we don't have anyone like flagging the dialogue mm-hmm. and dissecting it as much as we are yeah. but anyway the fact of the matter is the the, the scene was nice. The actual scene was very wholesome yeah. and really dug into their insecurities and their worries yeah. at the time. And I think it was done really well. It wasn't very obvious dialogue. It was it seemed like real conversation. Yeah. It was nice to see him like away from Zuko, you know, like mm-hmm. as an independent character. I think I mean obviously he was still talking about Zuko and he's still yeah. tracking Zuko, but like I don't know, just to see like pure Iroh. Mm-hmm. It was like Iroh, he was still kind of playing the, uh, not really parental role, but like he was still playing the advisor adult type of role. The wise old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But like, because it was with not Zuko, it was yeah. different. <laughs> Much different vibes. A lot more like welcoming of the advice. A lot more peaceful tea conversation and a lot less tea being flung off the side of the ship. <laughs> yes. I also, I like that he has like a couple of these moments with Team Avatar. I mean, at the time he didn't know she was part of Team Avatar, mm-hmm. but it's like he always, anytime he interacts with one of them, it's always just like fine and like not even pleasant, but it's like, I remember when the episode with the pirates and Katara was kidnapped and then Iroh was like next to her and like just like casually chatting to her and be like, yeah, like this is kind of your fault like sort of thing where it's like I like his like little interactions with them Mm -hmm. yeah and one thing I like about Iroh is just doesn't matter what age the person is he still treats them with respect and I think that was evident in the tea pouring too just like I'm treating you as an equal Mm -hmm. and I think that everyone deserves some sort of chance and I think that I appreciate that about him Mm -hmm. yeah 
And yeah. Toph like felt that. She you know, did. She's like, I know what you're thinking. And he's like, well, I don't, I wasn't thinking that. Mm-hmm. And which is a, definitely a change of pace for her. Mm-hmm. Yo, the tea, I mean, the tea pouring part of that where Toph was like, you wouldn't even let me pour my own tea. And I was like, wow, because it does, it hits for the fact that the last time we saw Toph, like her parents were literally like, we can't give her soup yeah. because it's hot mm-hmm. and she can't deal with it because mm-hmm. she's helpless. <laughs> Someone yeah. else has to blow on her soup. Yeah. And then Iroh, meanwhile, is like, um, excuse me, my identity is tea. I would literally kill myself for tea. How dare you insult tea etiquette? I have to pour the teacup for you. <laughs> also, as a side note, I was like, the tea set that he used was like this really beaten up ceramic like looking tea set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, not using the tea set that Zuko gave you, even though it was the very last thing he ever gave you before he left you, I see. That's because it was a terrible tea set, Zuko. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still on that. <laughs> Wait, what kind of tea set was it? Also, I it looked like the tea set was made of like wood or something. It, it looked like clay. <laughs> oh yeah, clay. I was yeah. like, what, what did the water? I don't know. Anyway, well, yeah. I mean, a lot of <laughs> a lot of like teapots are made out of clay. They're just like fired and glazed and whatever. Yeah, but before that, Zuko had like stolen. It was a really gaudy. It was like a, an elaborate like metal like gold or something. Yeah, yeah. tea set tea set which was shaped terribly if you actually drink tea because it was really hard to clean it was just really (laughs) i could tell just looking at it i was like no one who actually drinks tea wants that teapot zuko it sort of reminded me of like not i don't even know like the right like a like a persian teapot there's like some that they have like those like really elaborate ones with the really elaborate spout and it's like the way you prepare it is all different and it felt like yeah like not the normal type of tea that iroh usually has and like Zuko wouldn't know any better, and Iroh probably was just like, "This isn't even the right kind of tea." You know what's like- really funny? In real life, some of the most expensive teapots that I've seen online for sale are just like plain clay, mm. like round. Like they don't look like they'd be really expensive, but they're like five hundred dollars. It's because of the clay that they're made out of. But yeah. like, mm. so I just think it's really funny. Where I'm like, you wouldn't think that this is the most expensive teapot you're gonna see, yeah. but it is. It's true. You don't want to put tea also in, like, thin metal. That's not going to preserve the heat. No. Yeah. And then you're not going to be able to even fucking pick it up. Exactly. It was too tall, too skinny. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize the shape of it. I just remember that Zuko stole something. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, to be fair, the four of us are also big tea people, so. (laughs) Across various types of tea. Yeah. Yes. We're Team Iro in this way. Literally literally <laughs> drinking jasmine tea right now in yeah. honor. Literally also drinking tea. Right Saying Abby had bubble tea, I saw. It was an oolong milk tea with pudding <sighs> from Gongcha. Oh, I've got Earl Grey. Yeah, I'm going to definitely bug Miko for he, he makes us homemade Thai tea all the time. Mm. I'm like, I didn't want to have it yet because I'm loud when I drink it. <laughs> I was on mute, like, getting the last remnants of the pudding because yeah. it had that, like, empty straw sound, you know? <laughs> Yo, Abby. Yes. Fun fact, it's not actually in the show, so I don't feel bad saying this. Oh, Iroh yeah. invents bubble tea in this universe. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, in the comics. Iroh invents yeah. bubble tea. Yeah, what? and Aang and Zuko, like, hate it. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? They're like, oh. you know what? Aang and Zuko would fucking choke on it like yeah they would <laughs> they couldn't figure that shit out i would get too excited and i'd be like oh i don't like it <laughs> oh, that's such a fun fact yeah oh my god other vaguely fun fact the like t subreddit has a picture of iroh on their like sidebar <laughs> he's just a t icon like honestly literally yeah. being willing to kill yourself for tea will do that name a bigger tea influencer i'll wait you can't you can't <laughs> does not exist since we're on fun facts i'll just just complete the animal fact it's the mongoose dragon yeah so the dangerous ladies were riding on them it's a hybrid of a mongoose and a basiliscus lizard i was like when is the last time i saw a basiliscus and I was like Harry Potter, obviously. <laughs> um, so the mongoose lizard possesses characteristic markings over its body, and it can be approximately up to fifteen to twenty feet. They have quick mongoose-like reflexes to dodge almost any attack, and their lizard-like abilities enable them to quickly traverse just about any obstacle. They have the ability to scale walls and skim over bodies of water, like we saw in the episode. 
and riding this animal requires some habituation, especially when it stands on its hind legs. Yeah. So dangerous ladies know how to wrangle this wild animal. They got core. Like, when the lizard started running across the water, it's like the way that they were angled, I was just like, they have to have, I'm like, Ty Lee has a six pack. Like, yeah, she does. I, like, I mean, she does because she wears like a, a crop top, but like, <laughs> yeah, they're so impressive. She's a circus performer. Fitness goals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fitness icons. Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Sokka and Katara were like, we just have to get across the river and we'll be safe from them. I was like, why do you think the water will protect you? I mean, I understand the urge to think that they're vampires. However. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think, I guess they didn't expect the like giant lizards to be able to run over water. But like, (laughs) I remember like, I get. I don't know if I thought this the very first time I watched it, but just a second, they're like, once we get over the river, we'll be fine. I'm like, that means that the lizards definitely can run over water. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way you're going to be Like, safe. even if the lizards couldn't run over water, they would have just pulled out some insane, like, Terminator moves the way they have been the entire episode and get mm-hmm. over there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Also surprising that Katara didn't think to waterbend the river and trying to do something with that to... I mean, she kind like- of did. She tried to waterbend the river while they were still mongoose lizarding across and Tylee just jumped straight over her wave. I said, but it was like she literally like launched a wave at one of them where it's like you <laughs> yeah. literally like have an entire river. That she you hasn't. Could, like, you could have frozen. She, like, she could have frozen them. though. She but... hasn't slept. Li- let the girl live. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Could she have? I mean, I know Katara's amazing and by the end of the series, she's basically like the best waterbender in the world. But like, I mean, a river is not only is it large, it's it's like moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that would be harder to freeze than water that's still or... Mm. But she still could have, like, swirled it up and then frozen it or something. But again, I, I'll accept, like, the, oh, she was sleep-deprived. Also, like, when I was watching it this time around, too, I... The adult strategist in me was just like, oh, the the easiest thing to do would be to, like, shoot ice at the lizards and, like, kill the lizards. Mm-hmm. But I could understand her as, like, a kind human and, like, a child not wanting to murder the animals that did nothing wrong. Well, we don't right. know what happened to that one lizard she hit with the wave. Well, I was thinking about we that, never... too. I was like, oh, well, she, she did hit one of them. So I was yeah. like, so clearly she's not too, like, you know, whatever. But, it, like, she definitely has, like, killer moves and she didn't use them. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like that. I mean, there's a difference between dousing a lizard in a wave of water and, like, spearing it through the heart with ice. So Yeah, see, like, I... <laughs> Speared it through the heart with ice. Like for me, I'm like, there's no other option. Like kill yeah. them out. Really? Oh, I always shudder in like war movies when like when like guys on horses run into spears. I'm like, God, why? Oh no, I get, <laughs> I get upset. I mean, I get mad when I think about like how many horses and like service animals die for like stupid human wars and whatnot. I yeah. remember in high school we had to read All Quiet on the Western Front, and like this thing that stuck with me the most and that disturbed me the most when I read it was like there were descriptions of like horses dying mm-hmm. and I was like this is horrible <laughs> like and then I was like what's wrong with me I'm like I care more about the horses I was like but yeah. then the horses didn't do anything to anybody yeah right it's like the humans got themselves into that situation by going to war yeah. but <laughs> yeah. it's also like you can also you can care about the people too but I apologize yeah. innocent bystanders and who are victims of war I apologize yeah. No, of course you also care about the people, but I just remember I was like the most disturbed about the like descriptions of the horses. Like it's animals don't have like morality. Mm. Um, so mm. then it's just like they're just like they just exist and like they don't know what's yeah. happening. So those lizards weren't evil. They just were no. being used for evil. Yes, they were just drawn that way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like weirdly but... quoting Roger Rabbit right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jessica Rabbit, except not sexy. Not lizards. sexy lizards. <laughs> <laughs> um that whole fight scene though with katara and sokka and may and tylee was like fun like i don't know like sokka versus tylee was so funny yeah i liked how his head is too hard for her to chief block (laughs) yeah she like hurt herself i mean heads are hard yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to chi block a head, by the way? What are they I, I don't think she that? I, I don't think, think she was, she was going him. I don't think she was going for like top of his head. I think yeah. his body just like fell that way and jammed her fingers. Yeah. Okay. That's better because I was wondering. I was like, because she's disabling his limbs. Yeah. What would it have done to his head? Mm. Maybe that was just the final blow move. Just like if you can't stand up anymore, I'll just knock you down because you can't right. stand yourself back up. So I don't yeah. think that was I don't think that was related to Chibok. That makes me feel a lot better. 
the comedy in this episode was great like when Katara was stuck to the tree and Sokka's like flopped over on the ground like how's it going you know (laughs) (laughs) and then Afa coming in clutch as usual like me and Tylee were just like well we won and then it was like no one expects the 10 ton bison (laughs) once again Appa is literally and figuratively carrying this entire team like yeah honestly (laughs) I like that they kind of were switching they didn't, I mean, they switched opponents like midway through mm-hmm. the fight because it was like clearly Katara, when she first was fighting Ty Lee, was like freaking out because she didn't want to lose her bending again. And then like at some point they like switched opponents. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sokka, mm-hmm. like a non-bender can still be disabled by chi blocking too. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it's chi blocking so much as it's if it just becomes like normal like acupuncture or like mm-hmm. pressure points, you know, whatever it is. But like that was cool to see too, that it like it affects him too. Yeah, I can see why they would want to show that, like, what her powers would do to someone who's not a bender. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, she can't, it's not that she can only block someone's bending, she can also just, like, completely take away use of your limbs. Yeah, it's so freaky. Yeah. And that was a nice lead up into, like, the final fight, Mm -hmm. where Azula is just, like, so fucking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like, cutting, like, straight lines down brick buildings. I'm just like, what the fuck? I know. Oh, yeah. I love the whole setup of that. I like that they continued the, like, Western, like, uh-huh. feel yes. of Zuko alone into this yeah. one. And then they, like, up the stakes with, like, the three of them. Like, kind of the, yeah. like, quick cuts between them. And then it was, yeah. I feel like I felt really bad because I was, like, I appreciated the dramatic setup of this fight. But then mm-hmm. I just started laughing because I remembered, like, how bad, <laughs> like, how useless Zuko is in <laughs> the entire fight. Like, I was sitting Aww. there and Miko and I were just like, yo, like, he's so much weaker than the two of them. Yeah. This <laughs> is literally just a fight between the two of them with him just occasionally, like, just, like, once in a while he tries to get a shot in or, or they just, like, very quickly they, like, for every, like, four moves that they use on each other, they have to quickly just, like, f- like fuck you and they have to quickly, like, swipe <laughs> in him to, like, get him out of the way. It's so funny. Quick comment on the whole Western thing, like very clear callback, like not callback, but like reference to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Like even with the like zoom ins on the zoom in, the close ups on like everybody's eyes mm-hmm. and faces, hmm. but just more evidence of Zuko just waiting for the most dramatic moment to make his entrance. <laughs> yes, I wrote it down. Always with the dramatic theater kid entrances. <laughs> It's like he's he gets there and he's like, okay, I have to wait for my moment. Like, because, like, how else? Unless he just has perfect timing. Every, every time. time. But just, Which like, we know him better. We know he doesn't. Exactly. Like, are you sure you want to fight me? Yes, I do. Like, I'm like, Zuko. Like, no yes. one asked you. And what's funny is you're like, that's kind of badass. It's kind of cool. But, like, also, were you just, like, waiting mm-hmm. in between those two buildings to just pop out? I'm dead. Oh, man. He actually thought he had a chance in this fight. He did think. That's what he does. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. That moment when they ran into the room with no floor. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Perfect illustration of the difference Perfect between... Azula and Zuko. I was like, Azula, like, rolls for speed, manages to survive. Zuko put all his points into determinism, so he just... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I mean, and Aang, too. Like, Aang quickly just was a ball. Mm-hmm. Azula, like, was able to react lightning fast. Mm-hmm. And then Zuko just runs in screaming. Aang even, I think, <laughs> noticed the room through the door and did that purposefully, trying to yeah. throw off Azula. Like, because oh, he smirked at her yeah. when she came in and saw there was no floor. Yeah. And then he winced when Zuko fell, just like, oops, did I just kill Zuko again? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh, man. Also, just like the idea of them having to track three people in a fight. Yeah. I feel like we haven't quite seen that to this extent yet, even if we've. I'm trying to think if we have. I mean, obviously, like the previous fight was four people, but it still was like two on two. Two on two, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, even this. And, again, it's, like, a little bit, like, not quite because, obviously, not to, like, actually not to shit on Zuko, but it's, like, you know, he clearly was just... Outclassed. Yeah, just outclassed. Um, This is just more character building. (laughs) Yeah, it was, like, a little bit more still, like, a a one-on-one fight with a third person, kind of, with... It was, like, more gags with him, I feel like, than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, he'll he'll get there. I did think in that moment when Azula just like completely lays Zuko out. Aang, Aang's face was very, mm, 
Aang's reaction when Azula just laid Zuko out was like a hit kind of for me because yeah. Aang at this point, he knows from all the context clues of their previous conversations that Azula and Zuko are family members, that they're yeah. both Fire Nation, clearly, you know, and he he's used to Fire Nation kind of like going against each other to try to capture him themselves because of Zuko and Xiao. Mm-hmm. But he could tell that they were basically siblings or maybe cousins. I don't know what he was thinking, but I felt like he had so much sort of shock when he saw Zuko just like unconscious on the ground or maybe yeah. dead from Azula. Where he was like, whoa, what? Like, she's not she's not messing around. She really just mm-hmm. did that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also just like, what the hell kind of family is this? <laughs> that too. You could tell he's like so sleep deprived at that point that he just like doesn't have the patience for anything. Like when she did her Zuko impersonation at the beginning and she's like, it's okay. You can laugh. He just like had no reaction. Like his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's like normally you'd expect him to slowly be like, what? Like you're Zuko's sister? Like and yeah. it was like indifference. Yeah. yeah. He was just kinda like, I'm too tired to process just this. Just to the point. Yeah. He's like, look, you almost fucking killed my child. My ten ton child. That's like behind the scenes, like off air scene after this episode where he after they get sleep, he wakes up and he's like recounting to the gang what happened and then he's like that's when he has the realization that Azula and Zuko are siblings. Mm. Oh my god. And they can all like spend like 20 minutes freaking out about that while Toph just sits there like I don't I don't know I don't why know this who is any deal. of these people are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she's like who's Zuko and there's like this crazy person. Like, oh <laughs> gosh, guys. It was fun. Well, it wasn't fu- it was funny, I guess, when when Toph was like 3 on 3 and then Sokka's is like <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. do. I was like Toph, that's like kind of, like I was like is that racist? Like <laughs> I was like, that's discriminatory, right? Like, yeah. So much Bender supremacy. Also, because they yes. were fighting non-Benders. Two of the three girls they were talking about fighting are not Benders. That's what right. I was, like, laughing about. I don't know if Toph has seen them fight. Oh, now. I guess no, no. Yeah. So maybe oh, she true. didn't know she they were non-Benders. Right. Yeah. But she's never seen a non-Bender hold their own against a Bender, I guess, arguably. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's fair. But, like, that was still rude. Oh, it was rude. The facial expressions, though, in this episode are, like, just so funny. Yeah, Sokka and that was so funny. Sokka, I can fight! And Katara earlier with her, like, I'm completely calm. And even, like, later when Katara's being mean again to Toph. And she's like, what? Like... Are you like, sugar queen? <laughs> yeah, like, every facial expression. Like, I kind of enjoy when they go a little, like, anime Yeah. With that kind of stuff. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, but I was just like, Toph, like, you're such a jerk. (laughs) I was like, Sokka angst. Poor Sokka. His complex, his non-bender complex. Yeah. (laughs) But then, like, Katara shows up and immediately uses her water whip on Azula and, like, Mm -hmm. helps Aang. And then immediately Sokka's there. Mm -hmm. And, like, then Toph shows up. So it's kind of just like, maybe you saw him, you know, he, like, obviously they haven't really fought against people yet. And Sokka did effectively help defend Katara from Maze Knives and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is, it's like, it's like they showed us, the audience, that Sokka is a fairly competent warrior, even though they're all outclassed by the dangerous ladies a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad because at the end, it almost like proves that, that he isn't quite as helpful as a bender. And I feel like that is true. I mean, it depends on the type of fight. When four elements bend together as one against Azula and Sokka's there too. <laughs> He threw the boomerang. Yeah, Miko's like, did he throw his boomerang? And I'm like, if he did, it's like gonna just get incinerated. Disintegrated. <laughs> he threw it though. He, I saw a screenshot and you can yeah, see I it. Yeah, I still look sad because like, I mean, obviously it's like the first time Team Avatar in its entirety, of, in terms of, again, in terms of the benders, like right. the, yeah. the entire cycle is there in, in the correct order, like fighting it as mm-hmm. one united. And it's yeah. the first time Zuko like teams up with them. The enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then the camera like zooms in and cuts Sokka out. And I was just like, <laughs> guys, like I get, like I, I got like, I admittedly, I still got emotional at that scene because it was yeah. like, oh, Team Avatar, like all his teachers. We need a heart too. Why you gotta do that to Sokka? I always want to say Captain fucking Planet. Like we need- <laughs> Sokka when they call it our heart. We need heart. I was like, no, <laughs> We do. Later in the show, he, you know, it's like, oh, Team Avatar. And he's like, yeah, he's like, air, water, earth, fire. And then he's like, fan and sword when he talks about like him and Suki. Yeah. And it's Aww. just like, y'all are trying and I see that. <laughs> but 
at the same time, I can't deny that I was like super excited to just see all four elements mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And like crop him out. Like, because I'm like, oh. I don't want to see a boomerang in that shot. Like, poor Zaka. <laughs> um, oh I also, God. in the whole lead up to them cornering her, you know, first like it's Katara shows up and then Sokka, then Toph, and then like uh, Uncle Iroh just like belly slams her. Oh yeah, my God. Belly. That weird boinging sound effect. And kind of boing <laughs> belly. <laughs> like that was a choice <laughs> I was like uh I also love that when he got to Zuki he was like get up yeah. <laughs> yes. of all of them there like Iroh is the one that's always the most suspicious and the most correct about his suspicions about Azula mm-hmm, yeah. so the fact that he didn't come at her like fire bending blazing was mm. a little bit like I guess you just wanted the main kids to bend but like yeah he literally like looks at her and like you know he like knows something's up and then of course he like gets distracted and he sees Toph and then like she hits him Mm. but it's like you're the one that knows that she's like a conniving person and then you like belly bounced her like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) maybe he still feels reservations about like attacking her because it's just me yeah, he was just—he just wanted to take a moment to appreciate the sight of his nephew lined up with all <laughs> his nephew's future the friends. Soon to be friends. <laughs> he was like, "I'm gonna not do much myself so that I can prolong the amount of time they spend working together." <laughs> yeah. I wanna—I wanna sow those seeds. <laughs> I wonder if that was like a moment where he just like realized. I almost wonder if Iroh sort of assumed for most of the journey, like, oh, if there's going to be a firebender who teaches the Avatar, it's probably going to be me. Yeah. And then mm. maybe at some point he was like, wait, no, better idea. Zuko needs friends. <laughs> <laughs> but also, obviously, like Zuko growing enough as a person and as a firebender too to then be like, this is you should do this sort of right, thing. Yeah. Where it's like, maybe that started to, like, go off in his head. Yeah. Not to, like, move on to something that's more of a downer. But, like, um, after Iroh got hit with Azula's fire, just, like, Zuko's reaction mm-hmm. to it yeah, was just so, like, raw, yeah. I guess, is a good way of saying it. And, like, Dante yeah. Basso's acting there with that, like, the leave just sounded so pained. Yeah. And you're like, Zuko, just accept the help. But, like, you kind of understand why he doesn't. I mean, he's, like, panicked, yeah. I guess. And I, he doesn't know that Katara like, can literally heal. Yeah. That was frustrating to me because I feel like if they weren't as sleep deprived, I feel like they would have insisted. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they would have tried more. But like at that point, they just were like also probably just as frazzled and like, mm-hmm. like you know, all of this stuff happened and they're like at their wits end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting just thinking about like their different, um, like, I guess, viewpoints on this moment because for Aang, Sokka, Katara, obviously, they are very familiar with Zuko as sort of like, even brought it up early in the episode, he was almost like the monster under the bed for them for a while. Yeah. So they're in this situation where they're like, well, uh, he was just fighting with us, but we still don't really like him and we're still wary of him, but also we we want to help this guy because we're good people. Yeah. And Zuko, obviously, he has his own turmoil. Yeah. But I, yeah. interesting thing about like Toph, obviously, this is the first time she's seeing, she meets Zuko, sort of meets him. Yeah. And she has, at this point, only really had positive interactions with either Zuko or Iroh, with her conversation with Iroh. And she's like, so she, it's sort of like she's quickly putting all the pieces together where, oh, here's the nephew that that nice man was just talking about. But also, yeah. Zuko was the same name that, like, my new team was talking about being An angry jerk. a guy who chases them. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm sure she could feel, like, you know, Iroh's stillness or whatever with her feet mm-hmm. yeah i was just like oh god plus as a side uh thing i noted down was like i was like is this i don't know if it's really foreshadowing but how it made me think about how in the future there is another scene where Toph is trying to go to zuko to offer help and he freaks out so mm. i don't know talking about okay. western air temple like in season three. Oh, okay yeah Right? Like, I yes. assume that's what you're talking yes, that's about. What I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to not say anything. But I mean, in that situation, yeah, in that situation, Zuko doesn't really know what's going on. It's true. Zuko, yeah. Zuko, yeah, it's not that he, but he just, yeah, he's he's having a bad time and he instinctively lashes out. Lashes out. Much yeah. like here. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like frustrating because you're like, oh, I wish he would have let them help him. Yeah. But like, you understand why he right, doesn't. Right. But also, he never would have let them help him. No. Yeah. Poor Uncle Iroh. 
ignoring the fact that like they've saved his ass so many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Zuko. <sighs> he tries so hard. Yeah, but <laughs> that's like part so of the problem. Hard. And get so far. But in the end. Stop. He would listen to Linkin Park. He's 100% a Linkin Park fan. There were probably some like, fan videos with that song. Oh, there definitely are. I have no fucking doubt. Like, actually, that was the right time. It really was. You know, like, there were enough. Naruto was, like, brand new at that point in America. I'm actually positive that I saw one with a bunch of clips from Zuko alone and, like, Boulevard of Broken Dreams or something. Like. <laughs> Green Day, jeez. No, I feel like for us, half of the AMVs that existed, even like pre-YouTube, when you had to like individually download each of the AMVs, I'm pretty sure half of it was Linkin Park. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They just, uh, they know exactly what we were feeling. What a time. Yeah, they just get us, man. Man, 2008. Yo. What a wild time. What a wild time. <laughs> oh my god. I want to see what year uh, that came out. Anyway, we can continue while I Google this. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. I'm like, Momo, at the beginning, I was trying to think of Mo moments. And I was like, mm-hmm. literally, it was like, the end shot of them all sleeping in Appa's saddle was cute. And the way mm-hmm. Momo was like on his little back with his little paws was super cute. And then, obviously, he was like, actually helpful this episode because he yes. heard the sounds of them coming up the mountain. And mm-hmm. then at the beginning, it was really funny because Aang was talking about how like, nature is beautiful. Appa is shedding. And then, like, there's, like, butterflies around Aang, and then Momo's, like, trying to eat one, and I'm just, like, Momo, read the room, Momo. I know. I was, like, Aang is having a Disney princess moment here, Momo. Yeah, and, like, Momo's trying to eat one of his animal friends. Oh, and also, when Katara's, like, first trying to explain to Toph about how they all do their shit, she's, like, even Momo helps out, and he, like, brought a bunch of nuts. (laughs) Yeah. To her. Then she got angry and then she dropped them all and then she stormed off and then all the nuts were left on the floor and I was like, so much for Momo's hard work, Tara. <laughs> Ungrateful. 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 <laughs> oh, In the End came out in 2002. Yeah, I it was did. like, it was definitely older than that, but. No, I meant 2008 as in like, when I guess when I said, oh, 2008, that was more like, that was when I was watching all of the Avatar AMVs. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Freshman year of college. <laughs> this episode also first aired in 2006. I have the page open, so that's, that's why I'm like, crazy. just like, just we all 16, 17 year old us. You know what's funny? It's like, I watched Avatar for the first time, like when I was in high school, but then I tend to associate most of my memories with it with like college, because that's when I forced Nicole to watch the whole thing our freshman year. Yes. Yeah. We recently discovered that it took less time than we both remembered it taking. Yeah. <laughs> because I found... I was looking through some of my old sketchbooks and I found some fan arts and stuff. And I was like, wow. So for this to have existed on October 3rd, that means we had already watched the entire show and she had already gotten me reading fanfics. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, in a month. Yeah, like basi- basically. I remembered it taking longer than that because it's not like we met for the first time and then immediately jumped into watching That's Avatar, you know? Like we had- we like. We had a time period where we had to both figure out that each other was a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> we were both trying to like hide it from each other. We were both on like live journal <laughs> on opposite sides of the room trying to hide the fact that we were on live journal. Yeah, because we <laughs> thought the other one was doing homework. Oh my god. We were like, wow, she's studying and I'm on live journal reading fan fiction. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Apparently it didn't take us that long to get over it because Nicole was drawing fan art of fan fiction in October. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Literally one uh, month into college. <laughs> yeah. I move fast. <laughs> she does. It was terrifying. So cute. So, so, anybody have anything else to add about this episode? Um, They're not really entire uh, conversation pieces, but I did... No, first of all, I just thought it was an interesting moment when, when Katara was saying that like what really terrified her about the Dangerous Ladies was... The fact that Tylee could take her bending away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I was like, this just really speaks on a character level, like how much bending is a part of their identities. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Katara specifically with her whole thing, the last waterbender in the Southern tribe, it's always been a very important thing for her. But also she was talking to Toph when she said that. Toph has, yeah. Toph's entire identity is wrapped up in her bending as well. Yeah. And I can see the idea of someone taking that away is very terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then, 
just like as a tiny, a tiny weird pet peeve that I had during the episode, um, was that sometimes when Toph only to their credit, only like once or twice, but when they showed Toph sensing something with her earthbending the very first time and also I think once later they like showed her ear and I was like why are you showing her ear as if she's hearing it she's not hearing it you should have kept the shot on her hands on the ground or her feet on the ground because they had those too and I thought they should have only had that Mm. why did you show her ear that's that was really dumb but I was like annoyed by it Mm. I didn't notice that for me it was like oh that's like they say that when like a person loses a sense like the other ones become strong so I was like are they trying to tell us like she has better hearing but I was like that also never really comes into play ever so like yeah it was like a little bit she she was warning them about the tank coming because she could yeah. feel it with her earth bending and I felt like they conveyed that well enough I just didn't understand yeah, why they would show her ear as if she's hearing it because it wasn't that she was hearing it right like mm. Yeah. All her explanations were just like, it feels like an avalanche, mm. not, yeah. oh, it sounds loud. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on that. I was like, they were definitely using it as shorthand to show that she knows it, but like she's blind. So it's not like she sees it. Yeah. 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 But like, I just, I was like, but she's not hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I think I'm good. Same. Yeah. All right. Um, In terms of the honor count, we're still at six. Because Azula said it, mocking Zuko, but Zuko did not say it. All right. Who is Nicole's MVP? My MVP is Iroh, because I am so weak for the good parental figure for troubled youth's trope. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Stiff. Um, My MVP is Appa. Mine too. Mine too. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Odd one out again. (laughs) Well, like, you know, he worked himself literally the point that he fell asleep while he was in the air. Poor Appa. Yeah. Appa works very hard. And then also he saved Saga and Katara's ass. Yeah, that's true. Appa all the way. Yeah. But Ira's like a close second for sure. Oh, yeah. I just thought he had a lot of really good lines in that brief conversation with Toph. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, not even just funny, but, like, very inspirational. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with letting people who love you help you, all that stuff. I was like, God, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) But was was that your favorite quote or moment from the show, too? It was. My favorite moment was definitely the entire Toph and Iroh tea party. Yeah. What about Abby? Yeah, that was mine too. The close second was definitely Azula imitating Zuko. She even fucking covered her eye. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah. I know. (laughs) So rude. Uh, I also uh, thought that was funny because I was like, Azula, other than that one time you tried to capture him, you haven't seen Zuko in three years. (laughs) And yet... That's true. And yet she has such a clear picture of what he's like. Yeah. Yeah. That's all she needed. She needed to see him like once and she knew. Um... I also really liked the Toph and Iroh tea party, but if I had to pick something else, I would say the whole like running into the building without the floor. Oh, that was mine. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> like, you know, just because I do think it is a very good illustration of the differences between Azula and Zuko. Yeah. And then also Aang's character. Mine in general was like that fight and then like the <laughs> final, again, like the, the final team avatar shot <laughs> minus Sokka, unfortunately. Minus Sokka. <laughs> Mine is heart. Mine is heart. You don't always need heart. Um, One on four plus Sokka. <laughs> so fucking oh rude. God. All right. I think that's it then, right? Yes. Yes. Sweet. Then we're done. This has been Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Join us next week where we will discuss book two, chapter nine, Bitter Work. If you haven't already, please leave a rating and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you all so much for listening and talk to you again soon. Bye!